Welcome to The Divine Style with Jalinda Stella, personal stylist and spiritual mentor, and Alison Maiden, psychic medium and metaphysical teacher. Each episode, we share spiritual lessons to cultivate self-love and self-expression so you can become the best version of you. Today, we are talking all about anxiety. I know there's a lot of people that have been going through this at the moment at a really trying time. Mm. And we have a very special guest, Alison, who I'll get you to introduce. Yes, this is my very good friend, Kelly Harris, who I believe is one of the best psychologists I've ever seen. And I have personally seen her. And I think at, at any stage of our life, I think we need someone like you, Kelly. And you. I know that you helped me tremendously um, through a difficult time. Um, and I was so interested in bringing you on today, not only to introduce yourself, because I'd love you to come on more regularly, and so would Jalinda, we've been talking about this, um, but also to be able to maybe um, tell us a little bit about yourself to start with, and sure. then um, move into, let's talk about this anxiety that's going on at the moment around us. I know a lot of my clients are suffering terribly. So let's start with introducing you. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kelly, um, I've been a psychologist for 30 years. And um, predominantly, I've been spending it in private practice in Cairns. I've obviously worked at universities and different different non-government organisations, but for the most part, it's been in private practice. Um, my practice is about um, seeing anyone with any issue. You know, when you get to 30 years in your career, I know it sounds, um, probably doesn't sound great, but you've seen everything. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that disturbs you. And so there's no shame attached to people coming to see me in therapy because I've heard everything and... Um, people shouldn't have shame anyway no. because these are just normal experiences that people go through and, and anxiety is one that is the most common in the world, especially in the Western world. I mean, different cultures experience anxiety differently, but the Western world tends to have a lot of anxiety, especially at this current time. And do you think that that's because maybe um, other countries have different coping mechanisms and particularly, you know, I mean, I found that the thing that helped me the most was meditation and mm -hmm. moving into that in my younger years sure. and, um, and having a very stressful job. When I was a paramedic, I had an extremely stressful job mm -hmm. and it was difficult to switch off and, yeah. you know, having a young family at that time as well. And I, at that point, I was depending on the meditation to, to sure? get me through. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that a lot of people that come to me, um, and we're both actually meditation teachers, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, one of the reasons they come in is not so much for their spiritual development, but more for that, you know, handling the anxiety of yeah, things and switching off the brain. Yeah, calmness. Mm. Yeah. Look, different cultures do have different coping strategies. Um, uh, and the thing is, there's a, there's a lot more of meditation coming into even psychology, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, you know, adjunct, adjunct sort of therapies and things. Um, which is nice because when I first started um, a long time ago, even psychology was seen as, whoa, you know, <laughs> those people are all crazy. You don't want to see a psychologist. Uh, obviously, that's really changed. Um, so, yeah, look, anxiety is something that every single human being will suffer with at some point in their life. Mm. Often they just don't know. Yeah, right? yeah. It's an internalised feeling. A lot of people are very good at suppressing. But some people that aren't good at suppressing it will come out in the way that they go about their day. So they might start drinking more, they might start um, uh, screaming more, they have a low frustration tolerance of their children, um, people might smoke more, use maladaptive processes. So obviously things like yoga and meditation are more adaptive processes, which we prefer people to do. Mm. But ultimately when it comes to anxiety, what we've got to understand is that it's a set of thought constructs that we hold. 
and there are two really clear identi identifiable thoughts that people have that's the mistake they make in their thinking and the two thoughts are really simple something bad's going to happen in the future and i can't stop it mm, right. it's all but fear it's yeah. fear-based thinking so we call it i call it worry-based thinking you're living a worry-based life mm. so those two thoughts are it so once you start to identify what that actual two thoughts are something bad's going to happen so what am i worried about and that i can't stop it so the i can't stop it is about resilience a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence in their ability to cope with adverse events Yes. And the thing is, COVID is a massive adverse event. We've never seen this in the entire world, ever besides, even in war, there were pockets of wars in different countries. Mm. This is a global phenomenon. Mm. And obviously there's a lot of hysteria. Mm. And I remembered a year ago I put on my Facebook page, let's stop the hysteria because hysteria is contagious. The same as joy, happiness. They're contagious too. Laughter, just as laughter. much as laughter. Exactly. Yeah. So I try and promote joy and laughter and happiness because it is contagious. But behind that, there are some true fears that people do have around either contracting COVID, you know, their family members contracting COVID, um, what the vaccine might do if they take it. There's a whole lot of genuine thoughts that people have that are frightening for them. Yeah. So as a psychologist or a, or a mind coach, the job for me will be to try and help them see those thoughts differently. We call it reframing. Mm. And to try, try and create strategies to help them soothe through that experience alongside the change of thought. Because without the change of thought, the brain's just going to be relieved for a certain period of time. It's not going to actually go away. Mm. So we've got to continuously be managing our thinking around that what if something bad happens and the then. Because they're the two things that get us into trouble. And your anxiety is so yucky and uncomfortable it can affect people's sleep it can affect their relationships i've got marriages breaking down mm. i've got i've got people texting me anxiety is just and it's and right now it's about loss of jobs and and looking after families you yes. know, because if they don't get the mandated situation they're frightened about they'll lose their job which is not a it's not actually a worry-based fear per se at the moment it's actually a true fact they've been told that mm -hmm. but what happens with anxiety we can tend to catastrophize the original fact. And the catastrophization is I'm going to end up homeless. Yes. I'm going to not be able to feed my children and I'm going to starve and be on the streets. Right. Which is probably not true. People are very resilient, but a lot of people who have anxiety don't recognize their resilience. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're family and friends and support networks like, you know, healers and psychologists and mind coaches are really helpful to help people become calmer. Because mm. that's what we're trying to create is calmness. Because what we haven't got is calmness. So when we think about what COVID's done, it's also blocked people having access to their friends and family as well. Yes, which is a huge, it has a huge impact on wellbeing. Mm. I know that yes. I'm very fortunate. I've got family up here and yep. my dad and I, we go for walks all the time. But walks, without yeah. those connections, I mean, even a phone call can be helpful. I know my mum's down on the Gold Coast and she's felt really lonely and she suffers Correct. quite Isolation. a lot of anxiety around that. Mm. And even getting sick and those things as we get older, really powerful. So some techniques, like we mentioned, meditation can be really helpful. We both definitely promote that. I know when I was young, when I was 16, I had um, severe anxiety and, and was put on medication. Mm. And it was just, it was all that school stuff. And there are so many teenagers that are going through this now. And I think we always look back, don't we? And think, mm. oh, I thought my time was bad, but these kids right yeah. now are really going through a hard time with that social oh, definitely. isolation. Definitely. Their life has completely changed. You know, there's a lot of more technolo te te technology 
use and we've ever seen you know and that obviously concerns us because children aren't having as much creative play and imagination yeah uh, that's a very big part of the human brain is being able to imagine that's what we've got differently to other animals mm-hmm. got that capacity to imagine which is so exciting it makes us create beautiful things mm. but unfortunately when we come to anxiety our brain can also imagine not very nice things too because so we've got this wonderful imagination our brain is just the i just love our brain and that's being a psychologist for 30 years i'm truly yeah. in love with our brain more than anything ever but it doesn't pick and choose. It just gives you random thoughts. Nice ones, beautiful imagination of, a, of an ocean with a nice, you know, backdrop of the waves crashing. Or it gives you, oh, I'm going to be broke. I'm not going to be able to feed my children. It gives us that too, mm. right? Because we can imagine anything. So what psychology and mind coaching does is it tries to help people see that that that's what they can control. Yeah. They can do that bit. Mm. We can't control government departments, regulations, legislation. We can't control those bigger picture rules. We can stand up, which people are doing, but we can't actually control them. What we can actually control is ourselves. Mm. And that's also what the wonderful understanding of psychology in the mind is, is that we can control ourselves and not to be afraid of being practicing starting to do that. Mm. So, you know... Like I said, adjunct things like meditation are beautiful. We would never say to someone, don't do meditation. You know, we would probably say, hmm, you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you know, because that's seen as maladaptive behaviour. Yeah. Uh, But most importantly, I suppose, for anxiety, it is trying to get those thoughts right, to recognise that there is a true true fear that's, that's happening in our world. At the same time, if we stay grounded in the present, mm. there's a lot of beauty around us. Yeah. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. The world is still beautiful. Mm. You know, good news headlines. That's what I've been promoting. Put some good news headlines up. Where are they? The, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen... On our YouTube. <laughs> on, on our YouTube, YouTube yeah. they are. I haven't seen acts of kindness being no. promoted. You know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to promote is those good news headlines. Well, we, we do know that, um, you know, the news channels, etc., are responsible for a lot of the problems. Um, and I think that's probably quite safe to say because we, we've seen it and it's, it's fact. But at the same time, people have got a choice whether or not they watch that, you know. Um, and so in my house, uh, the television is, is not on at all. On, on, there's no news. There hasn't been yep. for, for months. I can get my news from for other years. sources if I need for to. Years it should be not on. Yeah, it's just not. It's Correct. not been on, and it's it's created a much calmer yep. environment for all of us. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have my husband who um, is uh, he's been pretty switched on to everything for many many years. He was a police officer for a lot of years. He, un- he, he understands he needs to know the facts. He wants to know the facts. But he's also, at the moment, saying, well, they're not the facts. You know, we need to look at the broader spectrum and we need to sort of see what's going on around us. And something that we don't have when we are um, put into isolation is we don't have the contact with others like we normally do, where sure. we can stop in the street and say, hey, you know, did you hear Correct. this? Did you hear that? And that's the normal interaction of humans. And we're designed for normal interaction like that. Right. So when you take that away from us, that's also a really big impact on people. The isolation thing has been terrible. Um, I've had clients that have had, um, tried quite tragically, they have had um, family members, um, you know, commit suicide. It's been 
It's been a terrible time for everybody. Um, we just want to do the best we can with what we have. We want to be able to help people um, to get gain access to people like yourself, you know, um, and to help themselves to understand where they can get those um, those helpful um, tips from. Because there's a lot of people that say, I can't afford to go here and I can't afford to go there. Yeah, you know. and a lot of people think that psychology is scary. Yeah. And they think that we're going to, you know, say that they've got some severe mental illness and... You know, that, they've already got anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it blows up. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, what you were saying about humans is that we are social beings, mm. and without that comfort of each other, we will suffer. Mm. So you know, even though social isolation is a technique the government's using to reduce the chance of catching COVID, there is always there's always a um, you know side effect of, of of things that we do, and I think for that. It has meant that people are probably having less contact with each other. People are staying indoors more, you know, not going out as much. We're lucky we live in this beautiful city. Mm. Thank goodness we're privileged. Mm. Mm. But for a lot of people, they're stuck in units and things like that. You know, I'm, I, I feel such sadness for those people living in, in, in those places and not mm. being able to get out and access the community like we can. And if we go back just for a minute, talking about news I know for myself I actually easily can get addicted to that scrolling Correct. sensation where you kind of get hooked on the news story yeah. and then you follow a weave down yeah. down somewhere I mean how can somebody just, yeah <laughs> how do we stop ourselves going down that rabbit hole obviously awareness the, the fact that we're doing it but then how do we stop that addictive tendency because it's a way of coping sometimes yeah. isn't it so what it is is when we start doing something we develop this you will notice in yourself that you'll get this kind of pressure rising in your body so you start scrolling and then you'll start to get this pressure and that pressure is this need to keep digging and mm. looking deeper Humans have an inquiring mind, right? Again, how wonderful. Mm. But that inquiring mind can get us into trouble when it's something like this. Mm. And then what happens is we get an oversaturation of this negative energy because it's this feedback of negative, negative, negative. You know, everyone's, uh, you know, upset. Everyone's, you know, fighting. Everyone's this, everyone's that. You know, this is going to happen to you. You know, your baby's going to die. You know, everything. All these awful what we call catastrophic thoughts. And when people are scrolling, it is about being far more connected to what's, in this instance, what's happening around them rather than what's happening on that. Mm. So it's grounding in their environment rather than grounding in some other place, which technically our phone is present, but the information is not present. Mm -hmm. It's some other place. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people don't realise that. They go, well, the phone is still a present object. The phone itself is... But not the information. The information mm. is not a present object. The information is something that might happen in the future because that happened in the past. Yeah. And that's how people do those predictions. Yeah. You know, that might happen. So what's present, in the, what's present is, oh, my husband's standing there. Mm. Or my child's calling me to play with them. Mm. Or my dog's just sitting there looking bored. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all present things. Or hang on, I normally go to the gym on a Sunday. So it's about really thinking about the present. Because once we're in the present, anxiety can't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Because we're not worried about the future Correct, or the past. Alison. We're in the yeah. right anxiety now. Anxiety cannot exist. Yeah. Because in the present, nothing bad's really happening. And if mm. it is, it's something like a car's about to hit us and then we jump out of the way. Mm. So it's not anxiety. It's just a fear response. Mm. So where does that sort of that need, like I was talking about the addiction side of it, where, you know, you might be feeling those sensations, but it 
like you might be addicted to that. I know we've spoken about before that sometimes people get hooked on a feeling, even if it's a negative one. Correct. So basically, if you don't look at it like an addiction per se, um, I mean, it is serving to reinforce that negative thought in us. Mm -hmm. So you can say that that's addictive in nature. In, in nature. Uh, it's more habit-forming. Yeah. That, you know... So again, if I go back to our imagination, what we're not doing is daydreaming. Mm. We're using a tool to cover up boredom or to cover up quiet space. Whereas people from different cultures or you girls, you would use that moment to maybe do some deep breathing, to maybe do some reflection or some meditation in, in a way. A child might use it to imagine, you know, um, playing cups of tea with its mum that are, you know, imagine, imagine play. So what's happening is with that situation is that we are still believing that what we're doing is serving us, a, uh, is serving us in a way that's helpful. Yes. Which is unfortunate, but that's what we're believing because that anxiety in our body, we're hoping at some point that that anxiety will dissipate by doing this. But it's not going to dissipate. Yeah. It's just going to keep rising, rising, rising. So it's almost like that's where you, you call it the addiction because it's that, like you said, any feeling, we're trying to actually get rid of that, but in fact we're creating more of it. Mm. So I think it's about having a thought prior to that, some real strong rules around our usage. We could even use things like to help us, such as an alarm clock, you know, set, set something on our alarm for 10 minutes you know, that says after 10 minutes, that's it, we're finished. And, and you can even create spaces in your day, like an appointment, you know, three o'clock, I'm going on the phone. I'm going to scroll at three o'clock. We're doing that for half an hour, and then it's finished. That then doesn't, that's like boundaries, like the drinking. Well, I'm only going to have six drinks, and then I'm going to drive. Oh, no, actually, that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Putting rules around, you know, how, how often we use something, you know, not using it on a Sunday. Sunday's family time. Yes. You know, I'm going to sit and daydream this morning. So, like, almost have rules on it. Like, we go to the gym. We don't do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't drink alcohol all day. We don't meditate all day. We don't, we don't do anything that much. We couldn't, possibly. So, it's the same thing. Okay, I'm going to use my phone. I'm going to use it for 10 minutes in the morning while I'm having my coffee. Mm. And then that's it. Mm. And then I'm going to find some joy. A great Put some text. nice music, put on the radio, you know. But, but ultimately, we have to recognise that we are an organism and we are fully in control of us. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what people forget when this happens, such a fear thing happens. We think that we're being controlled. Now, whatever people's opinion is about that is theirs. But ultimately, our thinking, our mind is our control. Mm. No one can ever steal that from us. Mm. Okay? I mean, obviously, disorders such as dementia and Alzheimer's are a different thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the normal population that people can never steal our thought mm. Mm. unless we want to give it away mm. to what we're seeing at the moment. So we can find peace, calmness, joy, but we need to look for it. In the right now. In the now. In the now. In the present. The other thing I feel is really important is the grounding. We, we spoke about grounding before. You, you're not going to get that, as you say, through the device because it, no. it's not possible. Um, but actually getting your feet on the sand, 
Yes. in the water yeah. you know the tactile the feeling um, going out to, we've got some amazing waterfalls here where we can you know we're very fortunate in this part of the world yeah. um, going out and actually um, feeling the water feeling yeah. the, the coldness of the water the crispness you know all of those things that people I think we've forgotten how important it is to go out into nature and to recharge you know and get away from the the EMF you know, because there's a lot of, of what people don't realise is we're, we're faced with a lot of EMF every single day. And that's the um, electric um, magnetic field that's around these devices and around everything that we use, um, which does have an impact on our aura and an impact on our, our um, energetic bodies, you know. So just talking from a spiritual point of view on this, even that can cause a, a, a dysfunction on that level. Um, so it's it's a win-win. <laughs> we're going out for our mental health, but we're also going out for our our, our spiritual and, and physical health as well. And so, you know, if we did set ourselves a program, um, how many times a week would you suggest that people start? If, they, if they're feeling anxious all the time at the moment, um, at where do they start? How can they start? I, su I suppose what I would like to say to clients are when I see them is that we need to look at, firstly, evidence. We start looking at evidence. Yes, people say to me, but it's true, it's true, these things are happening. I say, yes, those things are, but not this extra layers you put on that. So I like to say to people, it's like going to McDonald's and getting a hamburger and getting fries with that and cope with that, and all this extra layering on top. You only really wanted a hamburger, that was what you wanted, but you got all this extra stuff. So it's all this extra stuff that we put on. So things like putting boundaries on social media and the news. Mm -hmm. Now, to be honest, I've never watched the news in, news in probably around 20 years. Amazing. Yeah, I banned that from my, my life and as a way of just saying, I don't need it like Alison said, I can find it elsewhere. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, even for our children, you know, we've got to remember that children hear a lot, they're exposed to a lot. And yeah. I'm really sad and concerned as a psychologist and a mind coach that, that our children are developing these little anxiety disorders and psychologists around Australia have probably got the highest children that they've ever seen in probably mm. our history I would say. Mm. Yes. I, I know for me I've seen more children yeah. um, and that's because children are exposed to adults mm. and adults own anxieties and fears and children hear a little bit of news, the comments between mum and dad, you know, do you think you're going to, what are we going to do about the house mortgage, you know, do you think you're going to keep your job? And, Children get this anxiety around, um, Dad's not going to have a job, Dad likes his job. You know, mm -hmm. they don't understand the big picture. So as parents also, it's about being mindful of conversations that we have, right, for our children. Because they're our little vulnerable ones that have no clue yeah. what's happening. People forget about that. So ob obviously the adult is the organism that can help the child. Mm -hmm. So for the adult, lots of time outside, like you said, self-care. We talk about self-care as a priority and not becoming fixated on any one thing ever, mm -hmm. even reading the news, mm -hmm. listening to COVID information, turning things off, putting boundaries in place, obviously talking to friends and family, having lots of laughs, you know, watching funny movies, putting on beautiful music. Now, mu music is definitely something that psychology has researched. Yeah. And music uh, increases oxytocin in the brain, a bit like when you give birth to a child or you touch a puppy dog. Right? <laughs> music does that to us. Obviously, music that you like. Um, <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Because yeah. sometimes if you play, like, angry music or sad music, it can get you in those like states. Christmas music. You know, yeah. like in October, no more. So things like that. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's all these beautiful... Uh, 
adjunct things we can do to help us going for walks you know swimming like you said Alison touching having all our senses connected to the earth you mm. know like feeling the sand that's what babies do you look at them they're always yeah, you know kinesthetic very tactile that's exactly right so you know but being present and when we say present people go yeah 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 but they actually don't understand what it means to be present being present actually means focused on that particular situational thing whatever it might be playing with your child patting your dog reading a book whatever it might be and knowing that those thoughts are out there but not paying any attention to them mm-hmm. not catching them because that's how anxiety works is that we catch those thoughts and bring them in and then they become present because they become what we call hot very very hot so we cool them by acknowledging that they're there but going back to what we were doing our focus and it really that's where meditation can for a lot of people the practice of meditation i think from watching my clients is that those who tend to practice meditation are able to sort of do what I teach them a little bit easier mm. because they've already recognised how to be in the present. Yes. And slowing down their breath. So you don't need to meditate. You don't need to meditate. But we do need to slow down our breath in any way that we can. There's lots of different ways of meditation yeah. too. There's open eye meditation where yeah. you can sit watching a candle. There's walking. Yeah. That's a form That's of right. meditation. Yeah. But for just people, as long as you're not being bombarded by other people Correct. and their thoughts and Correct. it's just your That's own thoughts so yeah because yeah, i think some people get a skewed view of what meditation is they think you've got to sit in a room and yeah and that's not correct no. and, and meditation can be like you said walking down the road mm. but being focused on your breath and breathing and focused on the presence so you know that would be an adaptive approach to anxiety mm. that's what we would say mm. whereas drinking too many drinks, using drugs, you know, things like that, that would be a maladaptive approach and that would be something that would then have a side effect that could cause more harm than good. Yeah. So that's why we wouldn't promote something like that to help with anxiety. Even though when people do have a couple of drinks, they feel better, often then they keep feeling better so they want to keep drinking more and that's how we get those addictions that come in. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I suppose, ladies, it's about, uh, you know, a collaborative approach to mental health. Mm. That's how I always see it. Mm. Very collaborative, mm. you know. Oh, that's wonderful, Kelly. And like I, I suppose to uh, some of the people that um, that listen to our show and and that have sort of given us feedback in the past and said thank you, I really needed to hear that right now. I think so many people needed to hear what you had to say thank today. You. Definitely. Uh, and um, and. For you guys, we're going to put Kelly's link in, in the uh, in the bottom um, of our notes, uh, yep. notes on the on the, the show. And if you need to contact her for any reason, then I'm sure she can accommodate that for you. Our website, yes, name. yes, that's terrific. Um, are you working via Zoom yet? Um, yeah, we do telehealth. Fabulous. Yep, yep. Any, anything. And if people are scared to be inside, the government's allowed us to create. Um, different opportunities to see people outside mm. and things like that. Oh, that's really good to know yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, definitely thank you so much. Yes. We really thank appreciate you. Well, thank you. I know I got so me. much out. It was, it was awesome. Psychology is yeah. not scary. No. It's no. wonderful. <laughs> no. Well, we're going to have you back on to talk about some other things yes. in the future. Anything if that's okay. I, I can talk about anything you want. Brilliant. Like Thanks it. again. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank appreciate you. you. Thanks for listening to The Divine Style with Jalinda Stella and Alison Maiden. You can ask questions or find out more at jalinda.com.au or alisonmaiden.com.